0: This is Salvin Sanders, Pop Tate, and you're listening to Riverdish. Vixens, it's Ryan and
1: Sam
0: and it's the week we've been waiting for. The
1: musical. Heather's
0: the musical. It happened. It was it was everything. Hey, before we get too far into the episode, we should mention we have a jam packed Heather's episode for you coming. So we've got, you know, we're going to talk about the episode a little bit now. We also have an interview with Katie Ladner. Martha! Yeah, in the original production of Heather's. And then, I mean, we also have the composer of Heather's, Larry O'Keefe, who we're going to be chatting with, too. Oh, I
1: am so excited. So this is a jam-packed special Heather's episode for you all.
0: Yeah, so we won't go through everything, but obviously wanted to break down some moments. So like a good musical episode should, it kicks us off right away. There are like two seconds before where Kevin's meeting with Principal Weatherby and the parents and they're like, should we be doing Heather's? Like, which is, you know, hot topic.
1: Hot topic.
0: Uh, And then he goes, yes, we absolutely should. Two seconds later, he jumps into Beautiful and we get Kevin Keller singing.
1: Yes, we do. It was
0: such a tease with the Carrie episode. We just got like one note from Casey. He gave us Beautiful Verbrat.
1: Who is arguably has the best vocals in the whole cast. Right. You
0: know, <laughs> CMU anybody? In <You> know, the <laughs> musical theater. Uh, so it was great to see him shine. Great work, Casey. Great
1: work, Casey.
0: One of my favorite lines in Beautiful, the number, was when um, they're like, somebody love me, somebody hate me, ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Mm-hmm. And then Hermione just goes, "Uh, are you all this miserable?
1: Yeah! <laughs> like, I love that.
0: Uh, and we learn that Tony Topaz is going to choreograph.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is, uh, Cheryl's obviously not happy about, but you know, she did a great job. Yes,
1: and I did like how they changed the narrative of the show so the Heathers songs fits into what the characters are actually feeling like in Riverdale verse. So Candy Store, we get this like hot, almost take me or leave me like dance competition between Cheryl, the Heathers, and then the Pretty Poisons led by Tony.
0: And we also have the farm that's co-producing.
1: Yes, Evelyn.
0: Evelyn is Evelyn. the co-director. Uh, and it's fun, funny, like, uh, who was it? Betty was upset that Evelyn was co-directing. She was like, you always do it alone, Kevin. But that doesn't make sense, because last season, Fangs was Kevin's co-director. So he's yeah. always had a co-director.
1: And then did you catch that um, after the rousing big fun party, Kevin had some laced brownies with mushrooms, saw Midge, and then commiserated with Fangs about how they miss her.
0: Yeah, it turns out Fangs is also having visions of Midge. I mean, yeah. s- same, count me in. Uh, but, but that sort of bonds them, and then we see later when they are making out singing Our Love is God in this cult ritual. Side
1: note, upon the first watch, Ryan and I looked at each other and we had no idea who Kevin Keller was making out with, and we're like, who is this boy? It happens
0: quickly, and like,
1: <laughs> Fangs is
0: kind of an enigma to me. He is an enigma. I know he exists, He he's very cute. Very cute. But, I'm gonna be honest, I thought he was dead.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, Ryan, I don't, Ryan looks at me and goes, wait, he's alive?
0: <laughs> he's come in and out of this show so many times that uh, I'm happy to have him on, and happy that he's happy with Kevin. Again, we should mention that the whole point of the episode is that it turns out the musical is just a cover-up for cult indoctrination.
1: Yeah. Which, like,
0: aren't all musicals that?
1: Honestly, yes. Okay, so one of my favorite songs, Dead Girl Walking, was nicely set up by Cheryl, um, pissed off at Tony, telling her she's a transfer. And then Tony breaks into a rousing rendition of Dead Girl Walking and almost has a threesome with Sweet Pea and the Pretty Poison Bitch Girl.
2: Yeah,
0: I do love that. That's the way she like gets back at Cheryl. Other plot lines we have going on is we have Jughead, who their trailer, their trailer has been stolen, presumably like to make uh, make drugs, so Fizzle Rocks, Jingle Jangle, whatever uh, Gladys is even up to right now. Uh, so it turns out, of course, Gladys is using it as a drug lab, as one does. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of the episode, we have Betty and Jughead, who they burn down the trailer, which is like, R.I.P. It's sad to see that set go. So many memories in that trailer. Bye. I don't think it's one that's going to be like the Cooper house where we return next week and it's just some like rough burns on the side. On the other side of the town, we have Veronica's plot line. Uh, so it turns out Hiram and Hermione are separating, which kind of seem to come out of the blue, albeit... Uh, like, Hermione has tried to have Hiram killed multiple times, so it's probably time to separate. She
1: also sold his drugs while he was in jail.
0: Uh, but in order to, you know, deal with her feelings, uh, Veronica, of course, goes to Reggie, and they sleep together, uh, and he looks over, and he goes, Babe, do you think we're endgame? And she's like, uh-oh, I smell commitment me every relationship I've ever had. Of course, the highlight of the episode, they've been teasing it in trailers leading up to it, was of course, Seventeen.
1: Yeah, it was surprisingly really poignant. I mean, it's a beautiful song, one of my favorites from the musical to begin with. And it really just works. You listen to the lyrics and Riverdale's dealt with serial killing dads and drug dealing and mothers and it's just like really bad and they're singing a song about how can we just get back to you know a simpler time and be 17.
0: Yeah I liked the line leading into it uh Jughead and Betty say like when did our life go from worrying about who's gonna sit next to us on the bus to drug lord mothers and serial killer fathers. (laughs) Like, that sums up the show just in one sentence. Yeah,
1: and you also think about it from a different standpoint. Like, Lily and Cole are dating, and they're singing this song about, you know, their life has completely changed. And, I don't know, it was kind of special to see, and it was very real. Lily actually tweeted this was her favorite scene that she's ever filmed in the show.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: how could it not
0: be when you had Cole Sprouse giving us vocals, honey?
1: Yes.
0: Uh, he said it great. And
1: I love the arrangement with Choni filtered in.
0: So overall, such a fauna episode. I hope they do a musical episode every season. Me
1: too, and we have to mention the ending. Yes. We get we get applause. We get a slow clap. And who is it? It's Chad Michael Murray. Edgar evernever.
0: Yes, we finally see him. Like, okay, listen, I'll buy into the show. It was a little strange that no one applauded initially. I'm like, why aren't the lodges applauding? Well, you know, the like, staging
1: was, was kind of
0: yeah. Windy. Yeah, it's like, just like, is it over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like absolute silence. And then you got a <laughs> slow clap. I was like, it was somebody being sarcastic. But then the whole cult stands up and they're all in white. Very The Leftovers. Oh, yes.
1: Will. And we get Chad and he winks. And Evelyn goes, I knew my dad would show up. And now the cult is here.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to see where this leads. Me
1: too, me too. But all in all, a wonderful episode. Everything's better with music. Yeah, it
0: works so perfectly on this show. I mean, musicals just inherently have a heightened nature of emotion, which I think ties into Riverdale perfectly uh, in the sense of its campy elements, uh, the storylines, it just it works on the show. I wish the I wish the whole show was a musical.
1: I honestly do too. Maybe next season. Maybe next season. If
0: you're listening, Roberto and showrunners, uh, just something to consider.
1: Yes. Well, now listen as we have Katie and Larry.
0: Yes. All right, everybody. We're here with a super special guest. We have the composer of Heather's the musical. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry O'Keefe.
2: Hi! Nice to meet you. Larry, Hi. Thank,
0: thanks so much for chatting with us. Oh, thank you very much. So,
2: I just walked across the room to turn off my noisy heater.
0: So, I'm like, <laughs> You sound perfect. Uh, we should mention we're doing this over the phone. So yeah. uh, if you sense any lag, that's, that's the issue. No um, But, Larry, give us some history of, like, did you grow up uh, watching, like, reading Archie comics? How familiar were you with Archie and the Riverdale universe?
2: Oh, absolutely. I grew up, certainly, with the comic books. Um, I had a very comic book-full childhood, and it was a very wide range. On the the innocent side, I certainly had the Disney stuff and Riverdale, and I was a big fan of Betty and Veronica. On the other hand, I was also reading edward Gorey stuff way too young and national lampoon was out and they for some reason no one ever stopped me when i bought a national lampoon at the age of eight (laughs) in my in my local supermarket and that was way too grown up for me so you know i i uh i got a wide range but i'm i also i'm a little dyslexic so i definitely never really made the jump to books without pictures uh and i i in all seriousness that i've i've really remained a graphic novel type person so no I it's a world yeah. I uh, was very familiar with as a kid
0: <clears throat> amazing and did you have you watched the show Riverdale at all before they came to you about a Heather's episode
2: yes I have I'd, I'd seen not very much of it uh, I apologize for my ignorance but uh, it was it was quite amazing and shocking when I saw the the uh, premiere the, uh, the pilot uh, to go That's wow was there definitely... They are. They have definitely remixed this world a bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what were your thoughts when, like, first of all, like, how were you approached for them doing this musical episode?
2: Well, a year ago, <clears throat> they came to us and said, would you be interested if this were going to happen? Because um, they, I think they were either trying to make the Carrie thing happen or they, they were... Uh, trying to cover their bases in case the Carrie thing did not work out. So we were aware that Riverdale was interested in doing musical episodes over a year ago. Uh, and of course, they went with Carrie last year, and that was delightful. And then uh, I got a little distracted doing Heathers in London, and then the uh, the opportunity came around again a uh, couple months ago. So I was like, absolutely, go have at it.
1: Yeah, it's such a perfect fit.
2: Yeah, I mean, you also probably know that uh, Dan Waters, the brilliant, incomparable screenwriter of Heather's, was also strongly influenced by uh, Archie Comics in Riverdale, and he put Easter eggs in his own screenplay. The lead is named Veronica Sawyer, and her best friend is Betty Finn. So you have a Betty and Veronica, and their last names are from Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. So uh, thats uh, I think that's as good a clue as any is to the characters you'll get in the heathers world larry i wish you could see us right now because
0: you just changed our lives in many <laughs> ways like like yeah. i feel like my life's changed now I'm know that, it? it makes so we, much we, sense we did not know that no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well i wish i could have i wish you said it
2: was my idea yeah go dan waters man.
1: Right? yeah
0: and, um, yeah, we were just talking, again, like, it just fits so perfectly with the show, especially the number 17 <coughs> of, like, no, I you. mean, the Riverdale universe, it's so perfectly summed up when they said, like, remember when our life used to just be, like, worrying mm-hmm. about who you're sitting next to on the bus, and now it's, like, serial killers.
2: I thought it was also kind of wonderfully meta, because that could be a reference to the comics themselves. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And it, it just... It's amazing to see it just play out so beautifully. And the fandom, I think, of the show, you know, I think mm-hmm. the fans of Heather, it's such a cult status of so seeing it now with the fandom of Riverdale. It's kind of well, like a beautiful crossover. Yeah, I mean,
2: <clears throat> um, Nell wrote uh, Mean Girls, which you may know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Nell Benjamin. And we write together, uh, sadly. I did not get to write with Nell and Heather's, and Nell did not get to write with me on Mean Girls. But they're... Those two pieces uh, obviously share some DNA, but Nell had a really interesting uh, conversation with Lauren Michaels, who was the lead producer of Mean Girls, (coughs) who points out that high schools uh, everywhere, high school shows are everywhere. And it's not a surprising thing because uh, nowadays high school is the only shared experience we have left. Fifty years ago, everybody kind of went to the same church. And if you were not a Protestant, you were kind of an outlier. Uh, And if you didn't go, you know, I don't know, bowling or go to PTA meetings or uh, like there were so many other things you belonged to to 60, 80 years ago. But nowadays everyone's so fragmented friend, uh, everyone's so fragmented. And so uh, I don't know, niche if I, if that's a word (laughs) that high school is really the only, and maybe the last experience that everybody in America kind of has to go through. Um, And so like, Uh, if you were to count the number of high school shows on Broadway or heading to Broadway, you, you would have a long task. Uh, But I think that in a weird way, like Riverdale and and the Archie comics sort of set the template uh, 50, 60 years ago for kind of an idealized version of high school. And so now I think it's kind of amazing to, to watch that get deconstructed in 20 different ways. And, and certainly to watch Heathers and Riverdale go on a date and make out and make a strange baby. I I, I couldn't be happier.
0: <laughs> it was a beautiful baby. <laughs>
2: how,
0: how involved were you
2: with them doing this episode? Like, did, were, you, were you a consultant <clears throat> at all? We did not uh, have any direct contact with them because they do their stuff great. Roberta does his stuff brilliantly. Um, and we knew we would be taken care of just fine. In the case of, permissions, you know, they had to get our permission to do stuff. And that was very easy to grant, but they were very nice. And they actually sent us some of the mixes of the songs ahead of time. Oh, and wow. Kevin, yeah. And Kevin Murphy, my co-writer of Heather's listened to them and said, that's great. That's fine. And, uh, then I said, you know what, I'm not going to listen to these because if there's something I don't love, if there's some I don't know if someone sings a note in a way that doesn't match the original intentions of the score. Uh-huh. Like ordinarily, if, if I'm, if it's my album or if it's my show or my production, yeah, then I put in a note, but I, I I didn't want to be meddlesome and I didn't want to uh, try to horn in on something that they were doing their way. And so I, the very first time I listened to any of the songs was two nights ago on the premiere. And I'm really glad I did because it turned out great and um, I'm slowly but surely teaching myself to be less uh, meddlesome and, and hands-on. So <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back for that. So you're yeah. welcome, Riverdale. Yeah,
0: it's hard to do. And especially, I mean, the cast is not primarily singers, but ultimately, it, I th- you know, they did a great job with it.
2: Well, you know, absolutely. And, and if you were to ask me who's the best singer in the show, I, I was like, I can't tell. They all equally sort of tore into it and had a great time and did a great job. So I... I like, that's one of the other great things about doing a show with professional technology and professional training. Like, they, like, Roberto and his people took care of his actors really well. And they did a, a wonderful job of highlighting each, each person's strengths. And um, I could not tell you who is slightly more trained or less trained. They all, they all sort of, like, stepped up beautifully.
0: Yeah. I mean, for the Riverdale fandom, it was such a massive deal that Cole Sprouse sang. Like that <laughs> moment, where, like everyone was shook. <laughs> it, it,
2: took a, it took them a while to get Cole to, to sing, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, we're like, we're hoping that they'll do more musical episodes. And I'm, I'm trying to put it out to the universe now. Mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. they might need Legally Blondes.
2: Ah, I have no problem with that as long as there is a murder on stage. In the
0: middle yes. of Yes, exactly. I'd
1: love a legally blonde murder.
2: Absolutely, yes.
0: <laughs> Who do you think would murder
2: who in.
1: I think Courtney Take Your Break would murder. The, yeah.
2: the, the sales Ab- girl. Yes, absolutely. I also think probably that you should have Bruiser just tear out someone's throat on stage.
1: <laughs> you heard it first here, guys. <laughs>
2: Roberto, if you're listening, <laughs> you
0: have later's contact info. Exactly.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. Any. Uh, did you have a favorite moment uh, either musically or non-musically from that episode? I mean, I'm always a sucker for dead girl walking. Oh, thank you very much.
0: So that well, was I, incredible.
2: I, I did, I did not see a couple of those plot twists within that song coming.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, no, nor did we.
2: <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's the one place where I would say the Riverdale world really, really differed from my world because like, what is it that Tony grabs? Um, two people and drags them on stage and they all strip because she's like, I'm going to, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but she's like, I'm going to have have an on stage threesome. But when I was going to high school, everybody knew that the stage and the theater and the auditorium was exactly where everybody wanted to go make out. So that was the most heavily policed part of the whole school. So um, it, 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 it struck me as, as I went, oh, I wish I'd gone to that school. <laughs> because uh, you know, unimaginative teenagers all go, oh, well, let's go to the theater, and inevitably, the you know, choral teacher or theater teacher would be there to be like, nope, get out, detention.
1: <laughs> no, uh, it still is, and even big fun was reminiscent of a cast party that you have that gets kind of crazy.
2: <laughs> Cast parties in, in in Chappaqua, New York Where I grew up Always followed the same template You show up at 10 You start drinking and at 10.45 The cops show up Because somebody <laughs> Yeah
0: <laughs> and, and not to mention that Heather's the musical Turned out to just be a cover up For indoctrinating people into a cult
2: Well, you know We, we already knew that, didn't we? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. we did <laughs> Even yeah. I love the way they retooled
2: a Candy Store like
0: in oh, yeah.
2: this duel of the two yeah. girls. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, a note should also be made because I, I've seen a couple comments going, why did they, why do they do those lyrics? Or Larry O'Keefe did not approve those lyrics for Candy Store. Well, actually we did because almost all of those lyrics are taken from the high school edition because one thing we knew going in, uh, one thing that. CW people alerted us to was that, you know, a lot of the more R-rated lyrics were not going to wind up on this episode. And I said, okay, fine. Um, so anytime there's a weird lyric that makes you go, where did that come from? That actually is probably taken verbatim from the high school edition, which is being performed all over the country now. And uh, of course, it's not 100%. In some cases, it was sort of like, a, I don't know, like a, a menu, one from column A, one from column B. It was a little mix and match but that was itself a fun puzzle.
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
2: Well, again, congratulations
0: on the episode. It was so much fun. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat for
1: chatting with us. Yes, you're amazing. And we can't oh, wait to see what you. you do next.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, uh we'll we'll let you know. And and again, guys, thank you so much for having me. I I will also uh I also want to say thank you to the fandom of Riverdale for inviting us in and because you guys are awesome. Hope you like the show. And uh, also the fandom of Heathers. Uh, hope you like Riverdale. And uh, and and both fandoms uh, be nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Riverdale.
0: All right, River Vixens. So we are here with the one, the only, Katie Ladner, who better could we have for a Heather's Riverdale episode? Yeah. Katie, how are you? Yeah,
3: I'm great. How are you? We're so good.
0: Thanks so much for doing this.
1: Absolutely. Yes, we're, I vote. actually, I have a story about you. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: always a great way to well, start.
1: I Well, it came to me in a flash when we contacted you. As they do. As they do. I remember when I was going to see Heather's at New World Stages, mm-hmm. I had a pre-Heather's brunch with my sister at Ollie's like the now closed like original Times Square location Uh and I remember sitting there and like I'm always very chatty with people so I'm like "Ooh, I can't wait for the show I can't wait like eating a dumpling Uh and the waiter was like oh what are you seeing and my little sister's like we're seeing Heather's we're so excited and the waiter he was so lovely I remember he's like my best friend is in it she is a star she is the best and she has her own song and I oh my god you're gonna love it and I'm like Who's your friend? And he's like, Katie Ladner. And I was like, wow. And then I went to the show and I thought I had like a personal connection to like, oh. <laughs> I was
3: like, I know her friend. Who worked at Ollie? I don't know.
1: I don't if know. If You're her out name. there. Let
3: me know. Watch it be Eric or something. Yeah. Someone right. that's like super close to me. Yeah, just wait. But like, if it's you, please tweet. Please me. tweet at both of us at KT Ladner.
0: Yes. I feel like somehow, like you knew that years later you'd be recording a podcast about. Heather's on Riverdale. So you can
3: tell me. So yeah. I can tell you. It's all. Yeah. Clearly a best friend that I don't know well enough yeah. <laughs> to know <laughs> where they <laughs> worked, worked at Ollie's.
1: I have the date. I have the date. I'll go back. I'll look at okay. their receipts. Because I remember Instagramming.
3: Receipts. <laughs> yeah.
1: I will let you know, but I've never forgotten it. And That's it was amazing. like, I was obsessed. I saw Heather's a bunch. My sister saw Heather's like nine times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, in full circle. Wait, I have more to say. No, okay. like, <laughs> well, so yeah. but no, it's all coming back now. Yeah, but I remember I was at Wicked when I, I had my last job. A client was in Wicked. I saw it, and then I w- went to my sister, who was at the closing of Heather's. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of full circle, because now you're in Wicked.
0: Oh my god. Everyone's yeah, so excited. The siren. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but we should mention, well, first of all, Katie played Martha in Heather's. Yeah. But you're now in Wicked!
3: Yeah. You get tired of like people... No, it's like you. it's like this famous joke. That I hope someone like my m- mom always says like whenever sirens are happening, it's like property not people. You know, it's like so. Anytime <laughs> I hear it, I'm like, I hope it's property not people. Um, No, I don't get tired of people asking or saying wicked. wicked at me. I it's like this running joke that's like how's wicked, and you're like every day more wicked. You know, but it's <laughs> yeah. like it sounds like you're like really tired of it. But I I don't know. Wicked's a show that I grew up with, like quite literally, and like I never thought I would be in it because. It was already existing, so I never thought of myself like being. And of course, it's super dancer heavy, so like I was like, Jen, I'm not gonna <laughs> do that. But she's a dancer now, and I'm Oz does ballroom made up, so she's I a dancer.
0: Yeah, and it's such a great cast in it it's right such now, such
3: wonderful people. I just it's saw it recently
0: people. with a. I real, I mean, like, obviously, I was excited to see you, but the reason I went back was because Nancy Opal stepped yes! in. Isn't that horrible? Uh,
3: Nancy Opal is a chest of stories she cracks me up so much she, the other day like we have this like moment when they're singing for good we all like don't have enough time to go downstairs to like the um dressing room so we all go to her dressing room on the stage um where the principal hallway is and we're sitting in her couch and i was just like she casually mentioned she was in like beautiful and like she's like oh i remember like jessica keenan Wynn, like being you know lovely like heather chandler and she was like oh, i remember that we were talking about heather's and I was just like, I didn't know you were beautiful. She was like, honey, I've been in everything. And I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with you. Like, it's just because she was just like, I mean, I have. I yeah. love Nancy Opal. i well, obsessed with that. Well,
0: tonight, please ask her about Curvy Widow. Okay. If you haven't already. <laughs> All right. No, it's I won't. one of my all-time favorites. I'm sure she'll like, I mean, like, she was, tr- I mean, she's phenomenal in everything she does. Uh-huh. One of the worst shows ever oh, written. I don't know. But she like she was the lead. She was phenomenal in it. Like she made material that like should never right. see the light of day. Like incredibly captivating yes. to watch. Uh, so anyway, I'm give our regards to Nancy. Sunset Boulevard. Yes, yes. we're with the Broadway vet yeah. here. No big deal. Yes. <laughs> but, can you tell us more about your Heather's experience?
3: Um, Heather's was my first job, that, like, my first real professional job. That's the like, guy in Ollie's <laughs> in. Yeah. I <laughs> must know this <laughs> I swear to God, you probably yeah. do. It's my first, like, um, it's my first job, like, really ever out of, like, um, regional theater kind of stuff. Like, yeah. really out of college. And so I never knew that being a part of a new show was kind of, like, a thing. I thought you like auditioned for shows, and I also thought that I had this naive sense of like, I don't know, like, I, I thought you go you audition for something, you immediately go do a tour, or you immediately go do, um, uh, like a cruise ship gig, which is amazing. And I was like ready to go to Greece for free and you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I it was so cool working on new material with people and all these like amazing like amazing people like uh, Andy Fickman, the director. I was like obsessed with him already but like when I found out he did She's the Man the movie oh. I was obsessed it's my favorite movie I can quote it for you right now like oh, yeah. and Larry O'Keefe and Kevin Murphy like just like vets like and they all did *Grief for madness together so it's like I knew it was going to be something special but I had no idea how special Martha would be yeah. to me and I you know and some, it says something about the show and the people that people are still talking about it like you know almost six years later and it's, like, still fresh. Yeah. Are you shocked and, by, like, the cult status the oh, show yeah. has achieved? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, on a given, like, weekly basis, I'll have, like, still get, like, some cool, like, fan art that, um, and especially with, like, Be More Chill, like, they related a lot to, like, um, Michael in the Bathroom kind of stuff. Like, Martha in the Bathroom. And also, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm do it. But, yeah, so it was cool, like, and it's cool being a part of those two, like, kind of cult following. And I think a lot with, like, social me- social media and kids, like, with students and stuff, it's really easy for them to, like relate to high school shows but yeah Martha was something special that I never I don't think I ever could have dreamed that that would have gotten me here yeah yeah, it was nuts
0: and for, I mean like you're brilliant really in the whole show but probably like the the standout moment that is now heard in every <laughs> audition room every around lesbian the country conference ever yeah yes. uh, kindergarten boyfriends mm-hmm. yeah. like how did it feel putting like just being able to put your own stamp on yeah. this now like I'll say it, like, it's it's really a legendary song oh, in, it in the It is, it is, and
3: that, that's, like, a, a nod to, like, Kevin Murphy and Larry, and when I was talking to them, like, Kevin actually told me that he had the lyrics to that song um, before, um, oh. before the show, like, before, like, Dead Girl Walk-In, and before, like, it was, like, one of the people, and, like, I think that I was one of the first people cast in the show because of, not that they built the show around me kind of thing, but it was, like, one of those things that was, like, they knew that Martha was, like, a silent hero of the show and that they knew it was a very important thing to have. And so, like, I just remember Kevin telling me that, like, it was very important to, like, have this part. They took time on it. And so that's kind of special knowing that he told me that kind of stuff. And and it's, like it's cool to hear it on the album and yeah hearing yourself on like your first first hearing cast album I, I love when kids like send me videos of them singing it and it's like I haven't sung it since heathers which is uh-huh. nuts sing it but at your 54 below show you might hear something Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wait
0: tell tell the list yeah. yeah. april 8th 9
3: 30 p.m at feinstein's 54 below i'm having my first ever solo show i'm super scared but you might hear some cool heathers songs yeah oh and God. ryan mccartan gonna be in it with me oh. so and then you're in J.D.M. JD, JD, now, And too. he's in Wicked with me, yeah, it's, it's so great. funny, it's all full circle. It's all on my contract, I have to be with <laughs> Heather's people.
0: Yeah, you heard it here.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, have, did you, like, grow up, do you, like, know Archie at all, or, like, or is there a Heather's musical community that have talked at all about Riverdale, this, like, weird teen show taking your musical and doing it as a show?
3: I think the best that people would tell me is, like, with, like, the internet being, like, I'm always in some kind of message board or, like, like, my mom, I love her, she calls her my mom mature, but she gets, like, Google alerts <laughs> when, like, my name is mentioned, and so, like, I have people that are just, like, they tell me, they're, like, oh, did you know that, uh, like, um, that Riverdale's doing that kind of thing, and I was, like, and I've watched it, like, I'm up to, like, like, season two, I think, but, like life gets in the way but like it was I don't know I think it's cool because they did Carrie right first and now they're doing Heather's which I'm like gotta love a good like bloody oh (laughs) yeah a bloody cult favorite with yeah Yeah. but it was like it was cool like I think people like often tell me like you know what London just did so it's like once you're a part of the Heather's family you kind of like anytime like Heather's Grace is some kind of media outlet it's always like it gets back to you, kind of thing. Yeah, know, were yeah. you familiar with the movie before you did the show? I watched the movie in preparation for the show, cool. which I was like, What, yeah, is this musical? Like, what it is like it gonna be? That it like, is it like, is the basis so for Mean Girls? Sense. It is yeah. like, yeah, OG. Like, there's the original, like, uh, Daniel Waters and his brother, um, Brother Waters, I forget his first name, but he, um, was the director writer for Mean Girls, and so it's like like, this family rivalry, not really rivalry, because, you know, like, money's coming in, but, like, yes. um, but clearly, like, his older brother had Heathers first, and it's, like, it's not a secret that the Heathers is, you know, that uh, Mean Girls is based off of Heathers. Like, mm-hmm. it's a trifecta kind of thing, so it's kind of cool to, you know, it's not, you know, those three bullies are never going to die. Yeah, <laughs> the legacy lives on. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, Riverdale doing it. Like, it works so perfectly for the show. Mm-hmm. Similar to the carry, the, the way they use the carry score, they both have this contemporary sound that works for this, like, high school poppy show. I mean, yeah. like, very few people on the show are like, singers, singers, naturally. Yeah. So it's, like, auto-tuned to the ninth degree. Everything's like, transposed. Like, <laughs> Oh, I would love your opinions on, like, on the keys.
3: <laughs> it's gross. sadly
0: no kindergarten...
3: I heard that they didn't do Martha. That they no. haven't done Martha. Yeah. But like honestly like no one can play Martha. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no go for
1: it. No. You heard it here. Yeah you no, couldn't match it. Yeah they couldn't it, and it's interesting because their take on it is not like the narrative show. It's yeah. the show intertwined with plot points plot of her points, now yeah. but it's interesting like you'll see like they have one character Tony Topaz pre-marked mm-hmm. at the end but that she's just wearing glasses and like kind of big <laughs> costume but it's not like
3: you don't go in like, depth about like her wanting to kill
1: herself no yeah. no the show's games aren't even addressed actually yeah they days. didn't do
0: that for any character like they might as well they just been playing yeah, exactly. the soundtrack
1: yeah, yeah. And more, I love like, hearing those songs. Relates to your life, yeah, 17, yeah. you know? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. But, yeah. but those songs are iconic, and you're iconic. Yeah. Ah, well, you're it's weird sh- to think
3: that. But... And you are. I do things going
0: Well, you can see Katie eight times a week at Wicked at the Gershwin Theater. You can see her at Feinstein's 54 <laughs> Below, April 8th, 8th 9.30. 9:30 P.M. <laughs> Look at you. Sticking, yeah. sticking. Stickin'. Yeah. Where can we
3: follow you online? I am online at Twitter at... Um, Katie Ladner, that's me, um, and uh, Instagram, K, the letter T, then Ladner. So, I had a lot of people be like, when my first, like, not like you've made it, but I've been like, oh gosh, is this the start of something, you know, whatever. Um, someone asked if that was a fan account, and that's like my <laughs> actual thing, I was like, no, but that's kind of cool, you yeah. know, but um, yeah, that's me on Instagram, so that's more of, I, I think I'm more of an Instagram person. It's a little easier, like you can contact me via that, like DMs, I'd love a good DM. Ooh. Slide in. Slide Slide in, guys, slide Slide in. in. Well, thank you so much. Of course, thanks for coming. Uh, Yes, it was such a pleasure to hear the, you know, if only your audience could see how I'm dressed. If only (laughs) my audience (laughs) could see. If only my audience could see. Oh, I need to know.